Staying true to sound doctrine, let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Greetings, my friends. Well, we're back on track today, uh, beginning a study in Paul's letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy. And um, in this letter, Paul um, addresses a number of things related to some of the ministry issues that he and Timothy were confronting and some of the uh, churches that they uh, were overseeing. And uh, we're going to be focusing today on 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And as we prepare to study, let's prepare our hearts. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord. Uh, once again, we come before you hungry <clears throat> for what your word has for us. God, we come ready uh, with a tent of ears and a tent of hearts and a tent of minds and attentive spirits. Uh, we pray for an encounter with you that would awaken, encourage, inspire, challenge, and grow us. Uh, speak through your word as you always do, and we pray these things in your mighty name. Amen. All right, here's what Paul says to his apprentice in the faith, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 1, 1 through 7. Paul writes, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of God, our Savior, and of Jesus Christ, our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus, our Lord. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, Remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. Now, Paul begins by identifying himself as the writer of this letter. He identifies his position within the church, that he is an apostle by the command of Jesus, um, who met him on the road to Damascus, as outlined in Acts chapter 9. Uh, and he is writing specifically to Timothy. Now, Paul had a special relationship with Timothy. Timothy was a close associate of Paul's. Um, he was an apprentice uh, disciple, uh, walking closely with Paul, learning about what it means to be a true follower of Christ. And Paul describes him as my true child in the faith. Paul loved Timothy. Paul saw great potential in Timothy as a leader in the church and invested greatly in this young man, uh, growing him as a leader and encouraging Timothy on in his growth in the faith. Um, and then Paul's common opening grace, mercy, and peace from the God, from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, he goes on in verses 3 through 7 to talk with Timothy about some of the issues that they are dealing with. And he is asking Timothy to stay put in Ephesus uh, so that he may direct certain persons not to teach doctrine that's in opposition to the apostles' teaching, not to teach doctrine that's in opposition to the teaching of the gospel. Um, 
And so one of the tasks Timothy had was to call these leaders back into submission to the gospel. Uh, these are probably um, some of the false teachers that Paul warns about here in First Timothy and in other places, Ephesus, uh, his letter to the Ephesian church as well. He warns against these false teachers. And one of the central false teachings during this time was of the Judaizer group. And basically they were saying in order to be a faithful Christian, you must first be in compliance with the requirements of the law. And they were requiring male Christian adherents to go through the rite of circumcision. Obviously, many of the first century Christians were Gentile and uh, would not have been circumcised at birth. And so the Judaizers were requiring this act as a um, precursor to the Christian faith. And, And that's just false teaching according to the gospel. That's not a requirement of faith in Jesus. And so Paul is asking Timothy to call these people back into obedience to the gospel, not to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. And so uh, some of these people were getting caught in the weeds and some conversations and some things that were beyond the scope of the gospel that had no importance on one's salvation or qualifications for ministry. But these conversations were um, moving the goalpost in the sense of, of they were distracting the church and its leadership at the time from true matters of faith. And Paul is saying, call them back to right teaching so that they can get uh, refocused around what matters. We need to steward, we need to steward the gospel. We need to steward faith in God as, uh, as taught by the apostles so that the church is all on the same page as far as its teachings and its doctrine. And so in verse 5, Paul says, The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. Um, They're correcting them in love. And I think any time that spiritual correction needs to take place, the motivation for doing so should be Love, love for the brothers and sisters that are off the mark, love for the body of Christ and for the growth of uh, the believers within the church. Um, And so love should always be uh, the motive. He says the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. Now he's addressing the issue of certain persons who have swerved from these things, a pure heart, a good conscience and sincere faith. And they've wandered into vain discussions, pointless discussions that have no bearing on the ministry of the church. They become distractions and they become divisive, and that is not helpful for the advance of the gospel. Uh, Paul says, those desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they're saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. In other words, these false teachers are proclaiming things that are... Uh, not essential to the gospel, and so they're getting, uh, they're they're wandering into the weeds away from the essential gospel, and um, they're proving that they are not ready to be teachers. They're not ready to be leaders in the church uh, because they've wandered from central things. They've wandered from essential things. Um, you know, there is a sense in which uh, at all. 
stages of the church's growth from the first century until now, uh, that the church is continually calling people back to faithfulness to the gospel. And when Christian leaders today see other Christian leaders who are off the mark or whose teachings have wandered into the weeds uh, or who are teaching things or applying things to what it means to be a Christian disciple that are beyond the scope of the gospel, then we need to rein that in. We need to lovingly call those people back to essential things, back to the essential doctrines and the essential teachings of the gospel. Um, When we get off the mark, we need that correction. Uh, It's so very important that we keep the message of the gospel uh, pure and simple and understandable and that we not invite in conversations and points of teaching that become divisive and disruptive and distracting. Uh, That pulls us away from our essential mission and the essential mission of the church is what Jesus laid out in Matthew at the end of Matthew's gospel. Uh, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that Christ has commanded. That is our essential mission, and that is our essential calling. Anything that distracts us from that is something that um, poses harm to the church and needs to be properly corrected. All right, my friends, a great start to the letter of 1 Timothy, and uh, we'll pick up again tomorrow as we move on in this first chapter. God bless. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen.